Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. Time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Beyonce? You look like Luther Vandross. Oh, but make it fashion. But you ain't heard that from me. Fierce. Can't oh. stop. You see, when you do <laughs> clownery, the clown comes back I to bite. I no sleep because of y'all. It's Britney, bitch. Y'all not gonna get we no sleep because of me. But I ain't with guys. I don't know. I'm Who said that? Welcome to Back Issue. A weekly podcast that revisits formative moments in pop culture that we still think about. This week, trouble don't last always. Hallelujah. <laughs> Gospel music. <laughs> it's morning time. I have to speak to him in tongues. He's very upset. Eating bit little bit no no but won't this video no no Be still. Each week, we'll go back to the past and revisit unforgettable moments that we all think we remember. And learn what they can teach us about where we are now. I am the illustrious Dr. Reverend Tracy Clayton, Emeritus Senior. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Senior. And I'm choir director, Josh Gwynn. (laughs) Hey, Trace. Hey, what? Today we're going to talk about gospel music. Hey, man, I need some Jesus in my life. Hallelujah. We'll be talking about the power of gospel with Professor Ashawn Crawley and the person who is gospel, Mm. Pastor Shirley Caesar. Hold my music. 
you. Where were you the first time you heard greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes? I don't know where I was when I heard it, but immediately after I ascended to heaven because it was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Me also as well. But that's later in the episode. First things first, I gotta say, I've been listening to a lot of gospel this year. Same. 2020 has just been plot twist after plot twist and like just so much heaviness. And I just find myself going to gospel for some relief. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. Is that something that caught you off guard? I think a little bit because my relationship with faith has always been internally contentious. Mm, That was a very pregnant pause right there. So I feel feel that it's on your spirit. Talk to me. Talk to me about this contention. Well, I grew up in church, right? Mm -hmm. I went to Sunday school. I even went to religious school. So I was going to church like three to four times a week. Oh, you was one of those church all the time people. Yeah, I was that kid. Oh, bless your heart. We used to have Bible verse drills and learning all these Bible verses and getting up in front of classes and saying what they meant to me. And yeah, and then we like at Sunday school, we always had Tang and Graham crackers. Ew. (laughs) Together. The palate just doesn't sound sanctified, if you ask me. (laughs) But I've always really wanted to have faith, to feel certain about something. And I feel like when I was little, at times I felt that way. But then I started to come of age and I started to realize who I was and Mm -hmm. I started to have parts of my identity in direct opposition to what I was hearing from the sermons in church. And that led me to start questioning. And eventually I felt like I had to leave mm-hmm. for my own self-preservation. Yeah, I was just going to ask if it felt like an unsafe space for you once you became like conscious of like the complexities of being human in that versus organized religion. Because there's a really big tension there. You're right. There's a lot of tension there. I always felt at odds because I always did feel safe in church. I was surrounded Mm -hmm. by my community. I was surrounded by my family. Mm -hmm. I was surrounded by people who were speaking about morals. I was surrounded by people who were speaking about virtue. But at the same time, I was not old enough to really take the agency in being directly who I was. So I always felt like, man, if these people really knew, they wouldn't like me. (laughs) They wouldn't wouldn't have me here, you know? Mm -hmm. So that conflict really led me to feel as though organized religion maybe wasn't the place for me in particular. Yeah. I'm curious, what changed for you between then and now? This year, I feel different because I think what's happening is like my body is in survival mode. Hello. It has this like muscle memory of like times in which I felt secure and times in which I felt Mm -hmm. supported and times in which I felt safe. And it's like, hey, maybe if you listen to these things that were playing at the same time when you felt those things, maybe you'll feel them again. Mm. For example, I will wake up in the morning and then grab my phone. Mistake number one. Yeah, no. And (laughs) doom scroll for about 30 minutes. And then I'll feel my breathing shallow. I'll feel my Mm -hmm. blood pressure go up. I'll feel the tension in my neck and my shoulders. And my first thought will be like, okay, what can I do to like calm myself down now? Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that I'll do is I'll throw on, you know, my favorite song to throw on? Probably, but what is it in case I'm wrong? Sounds of Blackness Optimistic. I was right. I should have said it. I should have believed in myself. Should have had faith in myself. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. 
That is such a good song. And it's one of those songs where it sounds so much of its time. Mm -hmm. And the music video is even more so. Like, it's giving you 90s. It's giving you bright graphic colors. It's giving you Queen Latifah hats. Yes, and so much spritz in those hairstyles. Exactly. the little curls, the little waterfall curls. Yes! Yes. And (laughs) the song itself, it just feels like a personal pep talk. Mm. Some people do power stances before big moments when they need to pump themselves up. I listen to Optimistic, which is like a gospel-adjacent song. But basically gospel. It's diet gospel. Yeah. Just one calorie. (laughs) The margarine of gospel. I can't believe it's not gospel. (laughs) (laughs) It's inspirational at the very least. There you go. Yeah. And it makes me feel calmer. I can feel my shoulders fall. I can Mm -hmm. feel my breath deepen. I can feel like my body relaxing. Yeah. Is the calmness that you get from gospel music in this song in particular, is it because it reminds you of like your grounding and your faith and your religious upbringing? Or is it something about like just like the music itself that does it for you? I mean, the song is a bop, let's admit. I mean, absolutely. (laughs) Regardless. But I don't think that if it only reminded me of my time in church or my walk with faith that it would calm me down. I think it would actually like make me a little bit more anxious. Oh. Because I felt very internally conflicted as a queer person. Mm-hmm. And so I think gospel music reminds me of a lot more than that. Okay. What's your relationship to faith? My relationship to faith can unfortunately be summed up by the story of my first tattoo. Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> So what happened was, I was raised in church. Not like church every day, though. Almost every Sunday, at least on Easter, because that's the one time that I guess Jesus watches extra close. And everybody's (laughs) like, we got to go to church today. By the time I get in college, I'm like, eh. That's when I officially stopped going to church. I always kept the gospel music, though. Mm. So I'm 18. I'm in college. I don't really do church anymore. I want a tattoo because I'm 18 and I'm no longer living in my mama's house. Mm. But the thing is, like, I don't believe in anything deeply enough at 18 years old to get it on my body forever. I might as well have gotten A.C. Slater's name tattooed on my body somewhere. You know? (laughs) Glad I didn't. Me too. Anyway, me, my friend Brittany, and my friend Candace and my friend Dion, we decide we're gonna go to like maybe the one tattoo and piercing place in the city where we were going to college. Mm -hmm. I've never been like a a show myself, show my body off type girl, you know? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, maybe I can be one day if I get this sexy ass tattoo Mm -hmm. um, in my lower back, which people disrespectfully call a tramp stamp, first of all. Don't do that. <laughs> but that's what it is, right? So I knew where I wanted it, but I was like, what do I get? I don't know. And we're looking through the book, you know, and it being the year 2000, it's like dolphins and butterflies and shit. And I'm just like, I, I am more sophisticated than that, at least. And so we decide to go with the Chinese ideograms. Mm. Then I see the one that is supposed to mean faith. And I'm like, yeah, faith is important. You should have faith in things. It doesn't have to mean, you know, like religious faith. You know, it's important to have faith that you're going to wake up tomorrow. You know, it's important to have faith that you're going to pass this test. But in the back of my mind, I'm also like, when I get to heaven, if God got issue with the way I was acting on earth, I can be like, but I got this faith tattoo, Ah! Lord. (laughs) 
I listen I to George Michael. In my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been on this. I've okay. Been on this. So I get the tattoo. 2004, I'm at this cute little outside fair type situation. And there is a Chinese calligraphy tent. And so I walk up to the lady and I'm like, hello, this is going to sound strange because I don't even know your name. But can you read my back for me and tell me what it says? (laughs) She looks at it and she's like, what were you told that it means? I was like, faith. That's not a good first question. It's not great. It's not great at all. But thankfully, the translation, according to her, was teacher or to teach. Hmm. I mean, in hindsight, I guess it still sort of represents faith to me. Mm -hmm. But what it represents is like my constant tension with that idea, you know? Mm. And like when I was younger, the tension was just within like spirituality Mm -hmm. and gospel and church and that kind of faith. But then I get older and I get depressed. And when you get depressed, you lose your faith in like a lot of stuff. Yeah, It's hard to hope as these past four years have definitely taught us. When you just ain't got it, sometimes you gotta talk to Shirley Caesar and Kirk Franklin. Okay. They got, you know? He'll tell you what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Think it right back at him. (laughs) So I think that we should put together our inspiration mixtape. The songs that we've taken with us from this church background Mm -hmm. that still have survived to the secular world. Okay, so I have a playlist on my phone called Get Your Jesus On. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) So on this playlist are both songs that have very motivational messages that I listen to for the message. And Mm. then there are some that just remind me of like, down home and church like the physical and songs space that my church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that kind of transports me back to a time when I was young. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any responsibility or like full knowledge of how terrible the world was. Mm-hmm. So one is a song that was made famous by the incomparable Mississippi Mass Choir mm. called Your Grace and Mercy. Your I love this song because no one has completed this song in less than 47 minutes. (laughs) It takes so long from start to finish because it's just like all the acrobatics and like people get to shout. I love it. Then the organist starts feeling it. And it's just like, y'all, I got to go home and put this chicken on the stove, right? Yes. But yeah, there's just something about like a mass choir. It just reminds me of those red velvet pews at Fifth Street Baptist Church. Okay, shout out. Shout out, shout out. Hey. There's a part. After like four or five words, you hear a lady in the church just scream out loud, just like blood curdling. And I'm like, lady, he hasn't gotten through a sentence yet. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of the mass choir genre of gospel songs, Mm -hmm. almost any version of I Won't Complain just makes my soul feel good. Why? Because the whole song is a complaint when you listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) He says, I had some good days. I had some hills to climb. I had some weary days. I had some sleepless nights. Can't pay my bills. The dog Mm. ran away. But Mm. I I won't complain. 
what you did just kind of a little bit a little bit it just makes me happy <laughs> i feel like this is a big theme within gospel music one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. is don't feel no ways tired um, made famous by reverend james cleveland yes yes i don't believe he brought me this far to leave I remember hearing the song, Don't Feel No Ways Tired, and then going to history class and being like, these things don't match. <laughs> uh, something is off. <laughs> there is some tension here between right. this, this messaging. Make it make sense, Lord. <laughs> you know another recurring theme that actually gives me comfort in this genre of music, even though it's kind of morbid? Ooh, you said morbid, so I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what? Yes. That they're all about the day that they die and they get to heaven and they're finally happy. How is this comforting? <laughs> Why is this comforting? I don't know. <laughs> but it is. Right. One of my favorite gospel songs of all time is literally about rejoicing in the day you die. <laughs> yes. You know, going up yonder, right? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) One of my favorite performances of Going Up Yonder was at Aretha Franklin, RIP, at her funeral. Mm. Shaka Khan got up there with her fan because she didn't know the second verse of the song. And so she's reading the lyrics off of her fan. (laughs) (laughs) And the paper says all of the lyrics of the second verse. Uh-huh. And then at the bottom, it just says, vamp. You know what? I loved it. I My loved idol. it. idol. <laughs> so much of gospel is about, don't worry, one day we'll be dead. And this will all be over. I'm <laughs> like, that's the silver lining. It is. One day you won't have to experience the bullshit that is the world. And one day it won't be no white people for us to bother with. Exactly. Mm, Ooh, puts things in perspective. Don't it? Mm. Most of my gospel loves are old school gospel, right? Mm-hmm. But I do love me some new age stuff too. And a song that honestly, like all kidding and all joking aside, always, ugh, it just like gives me something is Yesterday by Mary Mary. Mm. I So this was after Hurricane Katrina, Mm. and they made it in tribute. So you hear the New Orleans funeral procession, jazz band playing in the background. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I decided that I cried my last tear yesterday. And I'm just like, you know Mm. what? Mary and Mary, so did I. Mm. So did I. If we mention Mary Mary, we have to mention... Your favorite gospel song that's worked too? I love God. You don't love God? What's What's wrong wrong with with you? you? Songs like that where it's like, gospel is also hip, kids. Yeah. It just reminds me, again, of this time in my life where I didn't have obligations. I didn't have responsibilities. Mm -hmm. All I was expected to do was to listen to my parents and show up to church and watch this youth pastor talk about how Jesus was my homeboy, too. (laughs) Because they were trying to make it, like, relatable and approachable to me. Yes. Ooh, ooh, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of this genre of stand-up comedy that's basically just, like, church comedy. Yes! You just reminded me of this song way, way back on Comic View. I say Jesus is the homie. 
kicking it all the time across it. He the homie. <laughs> so, so, so funny. And I think that the reigning king of funny gospel stuff mm-hmm. is Ricky Smiley. Ask Ricky Smiley. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So I feel like everybody knows like old church announcements that he used to do with the church lady hat and just Mm -hmm. like so perfect. He used to do these prank calls as Mm. the church lady and they were just so wholesome and pure. It wasn't like when (laughs) white people call somebody and just like, hey, your kid died. Uh I hate those. I hate that Or when they call and they're like, we have flowers. Who do you want us to send them to? To see if someone's cheating, it's like, wow, so you're just a like emotional terrorist. Great. You just think it's funny to ruin lives. <laughs> and also to get my boyfriend killed. And yeah. also, stop playing on my phone. Get off my damn phone. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So my favorite Ricky Smiley church lady prank phone call is this one where he calls another church lady and somehow they start singing Pass Me Not Together. Wait. And then instead of singing with the lady, Ricky Smiley starts like telling her the words first. Kirk Kirk Franklin style. style. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, my mama cry. Yeah, my mama. Thank you, Dana. Thank you, Dana. Thank you, Dana. Thank you, Dana. Feel a spirit. Thank you, Dana. Yes, Lord. It's so pure. It is so pure. The fact that she was just like, mm-hmm, whatever you need, I got right, you. Right, right. I can sing it. I got you. <laughs> then she started to put some sauce on it once, she was like, once Bernie's got into it. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite church humor devices is the gospel rewrite. Mm, I love a musical rewrite. I love it. I love it. I love it. Do you know who <laughs> Cameron J. Henderson is? I do not. Who's that? Cameron J. Henderson is this YouTuber who goes viral all the time because he remakes pop songs as gospel songs or he'll just do covers of pop songs. Mm -hmm. But in these videos, it's like Eddie Murphy meets Amen. Oh, I'm in already. And by that, I mean he plays like 10 characters. (laughs) And you can tell that they're different characters because they have different wigs on. That's my favorite thing. When the only thing that's different is the wig. Exactly. (laughs) And he has this character named Starkeisha who has a box braid wig on. And she always looks like she doesn't want to be there. (laughs) And he does this cover of Normani's Motivation. But as mm. a gospel song. Wow. He turned my life around, got that holy innovation. Now I am living so right. Pray about it. Ooh, just pray about it. Uh, I love Me it. and my friends say pray about it. Ooh, just pray about <laughs> it. All the time to each other. Um, so genius. Another example is do you know who Kev on stage is? Yes, yes, I love Kevin Stage. <laughs> Kevin Stage is so funny. Hilarious. And he has this video where he does a gospel version of Bodak Yellow by Cardi B. Oh my God. Instead of changing the words, he kind of just changes the way that they're delivered. I need it. One time I make bloody moves. Hey, hey, I make bloody moves. He died. I make bloody moves on the cross. I make bloody moves myself. <laughs> oh, I love it. What a spin on the gospel rewrite. Wow. I have one more example. Okay. There's a YouTuber named Christina Marie. And on Instagram, she's underscore Queen Xtina. And she did this gospel rewrite that she calls a remix to LMA's Buddha. 
You have to hear the chorus. I can never repay you. Listen to my praise go hallelujah. Glory hallelujah. Genius. Wow. MacArthur Genius Award. Around, around. Engineering. <laughs> that is so good. Ah. Do you remember how big Stomp was? Oh, absolutely. It was at absolutely. every wedding, every funeral, <laughs> every birthday. Street party. Oh, they would Everywhere. play the cha-cha slide and then they would play Stomp. <laughs> I say we bring it back, honestly. I mean, I'm here for it. Oh, you better put them hands together and have a Holy Ghost party with me. Another one of the moments that really sticks out to me when I think about gospel crossing over into quote unquote mainstream pop culture uh-huh. is that gospel music was such a staple in R&B in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Every R&B group had one gospel song that was the last song on their album. Yes, yes, yes. I think about the Destiny's Child gospel medley. Amazing. I love it. They also had that song where Kelly comes in with the strength of all of her ancestors <laughs> and is just like, Amen. Oh, it's oh, so yes. good. Amen. Fun fact, if you enjoy their rendition of that, listen to the original. It's called Total Praise by Richard Smallwood. It is just so good. It's one of those songs where I always feel overcome by the sonics of the music and just like this unity of all these voices singing together and Everything just fits together so perfectly, and it is just, it's good when they do it, the three of them. Imagine a choir hitting it. Shit. I shouldn't say shit. I shouldn't say shit. Sorry, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. God forgives. That's what I was told. He's not done with me yet. (laughs) But the overwhelming nature of the physical sense of hearing the sound, Mm -hmm. feeling the vibrations in your chest, Mm -hmm. it can take you places. Take the Preacher's Wife soundtrack, for example. Mm-hmm. Whitney Houston, R.I.P. Yo, this album is top two and it's not number two. Like, it is mm-hmm. so good. And she performs with the Georgia Mass Choir. She has this song called I Love the Lord. Mm. And you hear Whitney at one of her vocal peaks. And Ooh. she's directing this huge crowd of other talented singers, even in... This call and response that feels so full and so Mm -hmm. crowded with all of these people yelling out about how much they love God. It feels so like individual. It feels so vulnerable, Mm -hmm. even though you hear this crowd of people singing.
it just feels very insidery, you know, yeah. because like we have the references, like of course Whitney Houston is going off because mm. this is how Whitney Houston started to sing, you know, mm-hmm. like this is her and her element of elements. A lot of us have references for that sound, for the visage of seeing this big old choir and to have that in a movie, like The mm. Preacher's Wife with a superstar like Whitney Houston, where she is in her element, it really does feel like stuff like that was made for people who came from a similar place. That cultural space. Exactly, exactly. There's this moment where Whitney Houston is singing to Arsenio Hall when Arsenio Hall had his late night show. Mm-hmm. He asks her, what's the first song that you remember singing? Mm. And she says, guide me now, great Jehovah. And he's like, let me hear a little bit of it. And she tilts her head back, closes mm. her eyes, and guide me, oh, thou great Jehovah. Mm. Feed me too. I want no more. In that moment, you can hear her tap into something yeah. that is beyond her and that she just knows to be true. Mm. For me, what gospel music does is it gives me a fast track to that feeling that I think a lot of people get through sermons or get through the word. I didn't get that through the word. I didn't mm. get that through like a lot of the things that they were saying in church. Yeah. But the feeling that you feel when you hear a choir all singing yeah. together and a pianist is riffing around this person who just is feeling it in the moment and mm-hmm. everyone's together unified feeling the same thing that is what I feel like I get mm-hmm. it gives me like a fast track to that feeling without having to circumvent or interact with what at times has felt dangerous and confrontational to my existence. (laughs) Absolutely, I agree. It also like connects me to my blackness in a really fundamental, Mm -hmm. really elemental type of way that feels like very deep. Yeah, like it's anchored somewhere. Anchored deep in it. Yeah, and I've never thought about gospel music in this way before, so I think we might've just did something a little bit. I don't know. Hey! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Tracy, there's so much to say about gospel, Mm -hmm. but I think we need to take a moment, park it here, talk to someone who does this, who studies this, who Mm -hmm. thinks about the effects of gospel on the body and on our sense of community. That is a wonderful idea. We need to break this down with someone who thinks about this stuff a lot. Gospel music, when Black folks do it, is the attempt to say through song that we are worthy, that we are sacred, that we are lovely and loving and can be in deep, caring relationship with one another. That's Professor Ashan Crawley. He works at the University of Virginia, and we asked him how he thinks about gospel music. It is the making of sound and song that says that there's something better than this, that there's something more urgent than this, that there's something vibrant and deeply spiritual that we all have the capacity to reach. The sound of the choir, the sound of the Hammond, the sound of like this improvisational drive that Black folks do when they are singing this music is the sound of love. Like it is the sound of what it means to care for the fact that we breathe. So the ways that we use our breath when we sing, the ways that the preachers use their breath when they're preaching, the ways that we use our breath when we're shouting, like it takes a lot of energy to do these things, that our breath is really, really important. When I think of this year, Tracy, and you know how I hate doing that. Honestly, I don't recommend it. Avoid it. Side effects may include. (laughs) It's really hard for me to divorce the fact that you and I are finding comfort in gospel music which is a form that Professor Crawley says emphasizes the importance of our breath, Mm. like our ability to take in physical oxygen in a year where that ability is threatened by so many things, by a global pandemic of a respiratory disease, by the pandemic of racism. The deaths of Eric Garner, of George Floyd, of Eric Harris, all people killed by the police. All people who, in their last moments, said that they could not breathe. It's so wild how I did not put those things together until right now. Yeah. I think I've been having a lot of trouble processing it as well, but Mm -hmm. listening to how Professor Crawley explains how white supremacy literally robs us of our breath, Mm -hmm. the same way that a respiratory disease might, really, really puts it in context for me and helps me understand And so I think of these collective sounds, the sound of the Hammond organ working with the sound of the preacher, working with the sound of the choir, working with the sound of the hand clapping, that this is a collective practice of breathing. It's a collective practice of recognizing the importance of what it means to breathe in a Black life because our breath is not guaranteed and our breath is often the thing that is targeted for violence and interruption. And so these practices feel so sacred to me and the sounds feel so good to me because what they're doing is they're showing how real our breathing is and how beautiful our breathing sounds, how beautiful the the breathing vibrates, what that feels like when we can sense it.
I grew up singing gospel. I don't know any other kind of music. If you do not know who Pastor Shirley Caesar is, that's fine. I'm not judging today. Is it? Today, only today. <laughs> she is so, so much more than the beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes lady. She has got roots that run deep like the Nile, mm. roots that run deep like the rivers that Langston Hughes was talking about in his okay. poetry. Get your pastor on, get your preaching on. I mean, you know what? I used to read. I yeah. did. It's true. So she's been out here, y'all. Mm. She is an icon. She is a legend. And she is the moment. Mm-hmm. And she talked to us about how she conceptualizes gospel music, what the role of the genre is in our pop culture landscape today, and if it's okay for you to take what you need from it, even if you ain't in church on Sunday. What do you feel when you hear an organ and a choir? What moves inside of you? Uh, I said, okay, come on, feet, let's go to dance. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> and especially with Michael Mathis, that's my minister of music. And uh, he's like a part of me, a part of my family. And it's just something about him that once he, you know, Mm. I'm ready. I'm ready, girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that alone, yes. we were both just like, yes, I feel it. I feel something just in that little bar that you gave us right there. And I think it's so amazing. <laughs> I've always wondered. I was born in the South. I was baptized Black, Southern Christian around six or seven years old. And from me being a youth, my understanding of, you know, what the pastor was saying in the pulpit, sometimes I got it and sometimes I didn't. But the thing that I always got was the music and the feeling of the music you know Mm -hmm. even if I didn't understand what they were saying I could feel what they were singing and I've always wondered like how is singing the word different from speaking or receiving the word after a while you know people would get bored with you just standing there just talking to them (laughs) But, (laughs) but once you put some music to it and I'm getting happy just talking about it but you know all of a sudden boy you go to rocking you go to folding yes. those arms, and, mm-hmm. uh, which is altogether different. Me and Tracy were talking earlier about how a lot of our formative memories are around when we were children in this space and people were singing and this gospel music was playing. Why do you think that there's such a strong connection and such a link that can't be broken between Black culture and gospel music? Well, let's go all the way back. For a long time, that's all the slaves had. Mm-hmm. They had their song. If they didn't have anything else, they had their song. Mm. They made those songs up through their problems and, and uh, through everything. Yes. Like, have you got good religion? Mm. You know, all those old hymns, and they wrote them out of their crisis. You got to understand that singing, will never go out of style. Even in heaven, there'll be no need for preaching. Mm. There'll be no need for testifying. But singing, I promise you, I got my spot already on the choir. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I hear you. This reminds me of what you were saying about going all the way back to our ancestors and how music was the one thing that helped to keep them going through some really, really difficult times. Yes, yes. 
And I remember when I was a little girl growing up, Fifth Street Baptist Church, Louisville, Kentucky, my grandmother would not be happy with me if I did not say that. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like there was a transformation for me between the type of gospel music, let's say, that my grandmother loved. She was more of an old-time religion lady, pass me not, you will remember me. Yeah. And I, as a kid, always wanted the flash, you know, like I wanted like a drum section, mm-hmm. I wanted some horns. Do you sometimes hear a gospel song and you're like, that sounds a little too much like what they do in, in the clubs. Do you have those moments? Yes, I've had them. But, you know, it really doesn't bother me now because when Kurt Franklin first came out with songs like Stomp. Stomp. (laughs) (laughs) Jam. I love that song, Pastor. I love that song. Favorite. They were jamming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were really jamming then. And a lot of the church people didn't allow it. Mm -hmm. But he did not change his style. And when they found that out, they said, well, we can't beat them. We may as well join them. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I don't see anything wrong with it now. In fact, I like both of them. <laughs> when you think of how this genre of music that starts in the church has traveled so far and to so many different people, whether they go to church or whether they don't, What do you think the role of gospel music is, even for people who maybe aren't churchgoers, who just find comfort in the music itself? Everybody is going through something. Yes, ma'am. When you can reach back and you can sing an old hymn that says, oh, Lord, I want you to help me. Mm-hmm. Help me on my journey, mm-hmm. help me on my way. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, I want you to help me. Something about those lyrics helps to bring them through. Mm-hmm. So as we write these songs, we know that it's going to hit somebody. I've got a song out. It's called Take Your Knee Off My Neck mm. Because I Can't Breathe. I can't breathe, no. I noticed that the policemen were steadily killing our young black boys, young black men, and then went on over to the women. Mm. I said, no, we got to go for the jugular, man. It talks about take your knee off my neck because I cannot breathe. How would you like it if that was done to you? How would you like it if somebody would come and shoot up your house Mm. while you're in the bed. How would you like that? Mm. You just alluded to Breonna Taylor. Yes. That happened in the city where I am from. I think that's another thing that leads me back to gospel. There have been times when I didn't really know or understand what it is that I believe, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But I've always known that I believe in something. And during some of those times, you know, when Breonna Taylor was murdered, I remember just feeling so confused and hurt and angry, and I didn't know Mm. where to turn to get any sort of solace. And you had a lot of why. Lord, why? Why did this Mm -hmm. happen? All of that. So when I look around and I see how the voting went, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Amen, amen. I just believe, young lady and young man, I believe that God is getting ready to vindicate us. Mm. 
even in moments where I feel like so confused and I don't know who's up in the sky and this, that, and the third, sometimes it doesn't matter because going back to my grandmother's gospel, I'm thinking right now of Hold On to God's Unchanging Hand. That was one of her favorite songs. Yeah, that's my favorite hymn. Oh, really? something in common. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Amen. Amen, indeed. But I think it's that idea that something constant is always going to be gospel and the importance of joy and just having it in your life and being able to find it even when it doesn't seem like it's there anyway. That's a difference in joy and happiness. Mm. See, happiness is ephemeral. Mm. Yeah, it's not going to last. The joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. gives you strength. Let me tell you something. I've lost all of my family members but me. Mm-hmm. I'm one of 13 children, but that doesn't take my joy. I mm-hmm. miss them, especially around the holiday season. Yes, I, miss, yeah. I miss them. Whenever they would come to my house and my brother would bring his keyboard in and place it on top of my piano and boy, they'd be down here singing. I couldn't get downstairs fast enough. I miss that. Mm-hmm. But I still got joy. Amen. After all the things I've been through, I still have joy. I need that reminder so much that there's something good someplace happening mm-hmm. on earth. Somewhere. Like it's, it's that joy. And a joy that I've had in the past handful of years is seeing a new generation of young folks discover you and gospel via Hold My Mule, which, of course, is the meme. <laughs> I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, raw, raw, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rat. You Oh my goodness. How did you feel when you discovered what the youth <laughs> were doing with this song? Girl, boy, they were just finger popping and stuff and shaking it, shaking it. <laughs> Loved it. But you know what? I try to be creative when I'm singing. And so when I got to the end of Hold My Mew and I was talking about, look. <laughs> Somebody get the collection plate. Pass it around. <laughs> I remember on one of the songs I said, he was standing in the bean patch, the cabbage in front of him and the collard greens in. And mm-hmm. then I said, look, I got beans, green potatoes, tomatoes, ham, ram, hum. Love it. Like, it just instantly Uh, makes me happy. It really, really does. Yes. The first time I heard and saw the videos that the kids were making, I was like, ooh, Pastor Shirley going to get y'all. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if she's going to like this one. Y'all in trouble. (laughs) They were just shaking it and shimmering it. And Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I've never seen such happening, such going on as old folks say. (laughs) (laughs) But, But you know what? I was on this cruise and somebody called me mm-hmm. and they called me to tell me that my beans and greens had gone viral. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. By the time we got here, people started asking me, said, did you know about beans and greens? I said, <laughs> What about it? (laughs) (laughs) And lo and behold, some young man picked it up 
And zoom, it went. So, hey, I'm grateful. I am grateful for beans and greens and hogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I worry a lot as a sometimes wayward Christian, which is how I sometimes describe myself. Sometimes I find that I feel bad for enjoying things like the meme or even for enjoying gospel music when I haven't been to church in such a long time. So what you need to do is come back to church. Oh. <laughs> you know, the answer was right there. <laughs> yeah. I think that I kind of share some of what Tracy is saying in terms of that. I do too. Sometimes. I was really just playing. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of people within our generation that maybe grew up in church and maybe like had to find a different way because they didn't feel included mm. or they didn't feel like they could square their identity with what was happening at the sermon. But still, especially this year, they find comfort in the music do you think that it's bad for people to take comfort in that, even if they maybe don't consider themselves like practicing Christians? Mm. I don't think that it's bad. You, you know what? During these troublesome times, you've got to reach out and find joy. You know, I heard the young lady said that sometimes she feels guilty because she's able to find joy in other places. You're going to have to find your joy. You've got to have some joy. However, I would consider that as being happy mm. because real joy comes from the Lord. But happiness, oh, yeah. The Bible said, think yourself happy. Mm. Mm. Sounds like my therapist. Mm. That's what she says. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> think yourself happy. I know something about tears. I know something about having to be strength. For all of my family members, I know something about that. I know something mm. about getting away from them and crying uh, like a baby. I know what mm. it is to cry after losing your mom, losing my husband. I had to find joy. Mm -hmm. And uh, it does not mean I don't have no more mountains that I got to climb, no more problems. But, you know, I just have to be ready for every turn. And sometimes I have to reach back and get my song, get a song. Mm. And that's what you have to do. You got to find some real joy from somewhere. Say you're having like a really bad day and you just feel really low and you close your eyes. What's the first gospel song that you hear? Blessed Assurance. Ugh. Jesus is mine. Blessed Assurance. Jesus is mine. That's an old hymn. And then I go back to her grandmama's song, which is mine, to hold to God's unchanging hand. Lord, I know that this corona is beating us, it's killing us, mm -hmm. but God inspired that I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on mm -hmm. because I know that weeping endures for but a night. And sometimes night can last a long time. Woo! But mm. the time is going to come because joy comes in the morning and the time is going to come when you can say good morning. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Another song, though, that uh, helps me is called He'll Do It Again. Mm. Just take a look 
at where you are now and where you've been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. You're better off now than you were then. Then you may not know how and you may not know when, mm-hmm. but he'll do it again. I Aww. think about that song and it encourages me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I feel so encouraged now. <laughs> I really, really do. I just realized that such a big part of gospel and its healing power and properties is seeing what is done for somebody else. Yes. Even mm. if you feel like it hasn't done for you. It gives you empathy. Oh my gosh, just hearing and seeing your testimony and hearing that somebody else has been through it and back around again and they still have hope. They still have faith. Yes. It's contagious and I needed it today. Yes, I it was, is. Mm. Right on time. Absolutely. May yes, not come when you want them. He may not come. When you want it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know what? He's an on time God. Yes, he mm-hmm. is. Not only is he on time, but he's in time. Mm. And let me tell you, been there, mm. done that. Got mm-hmm. the t-shirt, got the cap. Been there. <laughs> Amen. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Yes, ma'am. Been there. <sighs> this is how I could send it straight through this little cord here, mm-hmm. straight into your heart straight into the hearts of millions of people to let them know, don't give up, don't Mm. give in, don't throw in the towel. Weeping endures for a night. All right. Mm. Your morning is coming. Mm -hmm. Your morning is coming. This too shall pass. Mm. You're going to come out of it. Now you may come out with some scars, but you're going to come out of it. What time is it? You gotta watch. It's 5-11. (laughs) (laughs) Just playing. Just playing. It is time where we take a page out of Tyra V. Banks' book and we reflect upon the things that we have discussed. I'm trying to add a T-H to everything like they do in the Bible. (laughs) Did we learn something from this? I learned that someone has parked their Passat in the preacher's parking lot. What? <laughs> <laughs> we learned that gospel is something that we can return to. We learned that culture returns to it. Mm-hmm. Another thing that it like brings up for me is that idea of faith that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Even though I personally don't necessarily feel faith, I find something in the embodiment of it that I can feel within gospel. And, and practicing that, I feel like sometimes I can find some peace. Mm. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. It's kind of like this fake it till you make it type of thing. Yeah. The solace that I find in the ritual of it. Yeah. Putting my body through 
the phases that it's accustomed to, that it associates with family and togetherness and blackness, that is a good within itself, even if I still am on, you know, a journey of figuring out like what I feel and what I believe and yeah. what feels true to me. Mm-hmm. Speaking of spiritual journeys and stuff, I was a practicing Buddhist for about two months back in 2006. <laughs> I was looking, I was trying, Lord, I'm gonna make a confession. I got a copy of Buddhism for Dummies. Very insightful. Did it help? It did. And here's one of the things that it taught me that I now just realize I can apply to the black ass gospel that I came from. Mm. So like the book started off talking about how Buddhism is not a religion. Mm. It's a way of life. There are Jewish Buddhists and Catholic Buddhists and, you know, just plain old Buddhists or whatever. And so at the beginning of the book, they explain that Buddhism is here for us to take what we want and what resonates with us and to leave everything else. Oh. It's okay to just engage with the gospel and to leave the sermons alone, you know? Mm. If the sermons aren't what feed you mm. and the gospel is, then eat up, boo. It's okay. It's fine. Okay. I think it's good to lean into the things that make you feel good. Yeah. As long as you know they're healthy and they're not illegal, anything that can leave you optimistic. See? Hey, See now. what I just did? Hey, circling around, coming on back to the front. Anything that can make you feel optimistic can't be bad. Amen. Now is the time for our announcements, pastor, members, and friends. Back Issue is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It was created and is hosted by me, that is Sister Tracy Clayton, and also Joshua Gwynn. He ran around the sanctuary somewhere. I think he needs something at Ritland or something. I don't know. Our lead producers are Josh Gwynn and Emmanuel Hapsis, who is just a fine, a fine individual, Lord. That's a, that's a good one right there. Managing producer is John Ace and T. I think that's the boy that came in here on the exchange program. Our senior editor is Leela Day. She make a good banana pudding, Lord. Good banana pudding. Our associate producers are Alexis Moore and Zandra Ellen, who are my favorite uh, biblical heroines. You can find them in the book of Ruth, chapter 70-something, verse something or the other. Our intern is Brianna Garrett. Special thanks to Gabrielle Young. Our executive producers ain't seen them around the church for a long time. It's Jenna Weiss, Berman, and Max Linsky. Starting to thank y'all on the sick and shut-ins list. You think Jesus don't know about your tithings? Jesus, no. Jesus, no. We want to send a thank you to our house choir director, Mr. Don Wheel. It sounds like God Wheel, but it's not. It's Don Wheel. You can follow him on something called The Tweets at Don Will, and also thank you to our visiting choir director, Six Sense, who was the organist that you heard at the beginning of the show. Six Sense, I don't know if Six is a gospel-given name, but we love you anyway, praise God. We would also like to thank our guest organist in the house tonight, Mr. Keys Moore, mm. that was on the organ. Y'all might need to uh, put a little something in the collection plate. Can we do that? We can't do that? All the money goes to God? Oh, okay, Never mind. If you would like to listen to Pastor Shirley Caesar's gospel song, Take Your Knee Off My Neck, then there's something called Spotify that the cheerings tell me you can go and listen to it all. And when you find it, come help me find it, because I don't even know how to send a text message, Lord. And you can follow me, Tracy, at Brokey McPoverty. I ain't got no money, but I still tithe. You can also follow Josh as soon as he sits behind down somewhere running around the church at Regarding Josh. Subscribe to this podcast wherever free podcasts are sold. Tell your friends and your neighbors because the joy of God ain't no good if you keep it to yourself. Amen. 
Also, somebody reach out and tell me what the what the hell is a podcast? I got to go get some macaroni and cheese. And until next time, may his peace be with you till we meet again. And do not forget, stay out of my parking space. I know I ain't got no handicap sticker, but I got a bad foot. Y'all stay blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap up what? Would you tell Jesus to wrap it up? It wasn't me. It was God doing it. Hallelujah. Praise God.